Good morning, Ketchikan. It's Angel Montgomery, and you are listening to your first city forum, and I am super excited to be in the KTKN studio. If you didn't know, First City Forum is brought to you by Ben Edwards, Providence Properties, and Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. Today in the studio, I have John and Michelle from UAS. You guys, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Angel. Thank you. So, let's talk about UAS. You know, I'm new to Ketchikan, so I actually didn't even know you guys have UAS here in Ketchikan. So, that's awesome. You have actual uh, classes happening, and we're kind of entering the time where people need to be getting signed up for that. Isn't that correct? It is. So, what do we have going on? What kind of classes can people get registered for? So, we are a full-fledged university. We have plenty of local faculty, doctors, you name it. We are a uh, full-service campus actually people don't realize that but we really are um and so we've been in registration this month and registration will continue it's open we have a lot of um a lot of really great classes and even though we offered online classes as well so you can register here and take online classes from uh, other uh, university of alaska campuses as well as the ketchikan campuses um we have lots of local classes, and we have Professor John Radzilowski here, who's going to talk about some of his classes that will be coming up for the spring. Um, everybody, hopefully by now, should have gotten their really fancy-dancy fancy, fancy uh, UAS colors. I like to say they're also Seahawks colors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trifold uh, class course in the mail. If not, there are plenty of them around town. There's a bunch of them at the public library, of course. You can stop by the campus. Um, but we offer plenty of degrees. There's even masters that you can get uh, going through going through our campus. So as of right now, are you you, you still are offering a lot of um, in class schooling? Right now, we can't offer much in terms okay. of in class. So okay. even the local classes, and we have local professors, mm-hmm. uh, those are being conducted by web. Although there are some classes that are hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those are labs. Most of those are basically labs up at the upper campus. Down at the Maritime Training Center, which is right next door, uh, there are still hands on courses because that's just the nature of the training. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've they've been very very good about making sure that each class is spaced out and handled in such a way as to deal with social distancing totally and um i 100 understand with zoom and you know doing things online as well that's like speaking my language getting a degree on the couch in my pjs heck yeah like all about that so when it comes to registration where do how do people go about that you can do it on the web. What we would suggest is that if you're if you haven't already been enrolled in some sort of university class here in Alaska in the Alaska system, is to go ahead and give us a call at two two eight four five one one, and we have local advisors here on campus, and they'll meet with you by Zoom or by phone or by email. Uh, they will meet with you absolutely, and are very happy and eager to meet with you in person. Um, we have the space set up, so again, there'll be social distancing um, and masks and all of those. Um, those things that we want to do to take precautions. And so they'll advise people through what they need to do in terms of registration. Uh, this week is the admissions deadline. So if you want to actually enter the university system with the purpose of seeking a degree, this is the week you need to do it by. Um, and if you reach out and talk to one of those counselors this week, then they can help you with the information for financial aid, for all of the the, the pre-registration things, testing, uh, scores, uh, transcripts, all of those things that you might need, as well as all of your questions answered about what's involved, they're there to help you. Um, Gail and Louie and, and Melissa, they're just just—they're really great people, and they'll be there to help you this week. Uh, that being said, <clears throat> we are through finals, and our professors are busy grading, grading, grading. <laughs> heard. Uh, we've taken John away from his busy grading day uh, today to come talk with us. Um, 
but now that we're through towards the end of the semester, I just want to make sure that everybody knows the winter break closure is happening, and that'll happen on Christmas Eve. So the 24th, the entire campus, including the campus library, will be closed, and we will reopen on January 4th. Okay, awesome. Well, that was Those dates, again, were the 24th to the 4th of January? Right, that's okay. right. Awesome. So, John, tell me, you how long have you been a, a teacher? Is that is that a crazy question? <laughs> is that, is it well, uh, you know, de define what you mean by teaching. No, uh, <laughs> I've been here at UAS now. I, I came in the in the summer of 07. So, you know, I guess lucky 13 mm -hmm, years. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and turned out to be 2020 was my 13th year. <laughs> who'd, who'd, figure, out, right? who'd figure, right? Who'd figure, right? No, uh, so I, I, I taught down in Minnesota prior to that uh, at a bunch of colleges down there, but then got the job, moved up here. Uh, so really 13 years here at UAS uh, and uh, teaching history, geography, art history uh, courses. So so how, how has it been here in Ketchikan? Like, what do, you, what do you have going on right now? Is it the history class? Right. So I, I'm teaching a, a full spate of history courses. Uh, you know, some of them are just pure asynchronous online where you don't have a meeting time. Uh, and those are sort of the, the general courses like the uh, U.S. history, introductory U.S. history, introductory world history. Uh, but I'm also teaching courses by, uh, by Zoom. Well, not really by Zoom. We call it it's a web meeting, basically. Mm -hmm. It's similar to Zoom. Uh, and those courses I'm teaching are Alaska history and history of the history of the Vietnam War, um, and so we're we're encouraging people to sign up for those courses or any others uh, they may be interested in. Uh, and of course, you don't necessarily have to be admitted to a degree program. Uh, there are there are ways for people in the community, uh, especially uh, people who are seniors, to take courses uh, for reduced or no uh, uh, no tuition. Uh, so, you know, you can definitely call us and, and, and find that out as well. Um, so if you enjoy those subjects, you can take it. You don't want to take a grade. Uh, you know, if, if people want to take the course just for mm -hmm. fun, uh, you know, you want to learn about the Vietnam War, you want to learn a little more about uh, the history of our state here, mm -hmm. uh, you can certainly do that as well. Um, it's not as fun maybe doing it not in person, of course. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I like, to have, I like to have students in front of me, but, uh, you know, we have a real good setup. Uh, He's a very for, good conversationalist. For, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, that was, brings me to my next question. I was going to ask you, um, you know, just in the course of 2020 and teaching, you know, this has got to be a first for you. I mean, for a first for a lot of teachers having to, you know, go pretty much virtual. How has it affected you? Do you feel like it, it's, has it been a huge change? Do you feel like, you know, your, your um, students are getting what they need? Yeah. Um, you know, well, for us here in Ketchikan, we were early adopters of distance education. So we've been doing this for quite gotcha. a long okay. time and it's not something that you can just pick up uh, one day. You know, this a lot of the problems that teachers have had around the country yeah. uh, that people have been talking about uh, is, you know, it, it is, is a learning curve. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not the same as a regular classroom. There's there's good things and, you know, and, and negative things about both. Um, there's things I can do in a regular classroom that I can't necessarily do online and vice versa. Uh, so we were pretty experienced. So when, when this whole thing hit, we were ready, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so we, you know, we really have it in our, and on most of our students, we've had a lot of new students coming in, uh, students who were taking courses like they were down at UW, uh, for example, and, um, you know, they live up here, but, you know, they're 
the dorms are closed, mm-hmm. so might as well come home. Uh, you know, you can take the same class here and pay less. Uh, you know, and so we've got a lot of a lot of students doing that as well. Uh, so we've definitely had some students to whom it is new, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, a lot of our students were already pretty experienced uh, and pretty savvy with this. Like I said, I just I got on board right away with the whole Zoom thing. You know, not having to get dressed to do anything like that. That's yeah. a life right there. So yeah, although you should get dressed. <laughs> Before your Zoom okay. meeting, you know, you know, let's let's you know, let's 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 keep it all let's keep it all at least PG thirteen. Okay, here. Yeah. you're right. Yeah. Um, I I didn't mean clothes, just you yeah. know, not professional. Yeah. Ones, yeah. But yeah, I totally get it. No, Catch and, can has lounge pants. To that's the right. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's no, you know, it's. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a really good. There are things you can't do. You miss having that that interaction mm-hmm. with students uh, more directly. And you know, s- some students when they get online, will kind of tune out. But you know, you, you just have to kind of work with it. Um, and, and it is convenient. You know, we have a we have a lot of students in our region that live in you know Prince of Wales or okay. Ned or you know Haines, wherever that wherever they are. There, you know, we have people up north as well in some of the smaller communities. Um, they cannot get to the campus. Mm-hmm. They they need these courses you know COVID or no COVID absolutely you know, so, so we're, we're providing that service so super beneficial for them you yeah. guys is there anything that we really we want to really stress on again I know that you know the deadlines again we want to make sure that people are really getting registered yeah so you know please 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 check out our courses we've got a lot of really interesting courses and um, Dr. Radzilowski is really just an amazing teacher I mean he often does our uh, Campus Library Ask UAS series. He did this December's, and it was mm-hmm. on um, basically strategic failure decisions that were wow. made on both sides, but I think primarily we're focusing on the Japanese side. Right. Um, back in World War II, when they were um, attempting to take uh, a position in the Aleutians. And so his classes are always going to be engaging, um, and he he will always be engaged with his students, even even just beyond that one computer screen mm-hmm. in the class time like he's somebody that you can you can really reach out to and talk to so I would really encourage people to look at his classes uh, aside from that I want to emphasize he talked about how you can take the class like for the, the history of Vietnam class without having to get credit so we offer some community uh, we offer we offer classes that are there for credit but that we also specially price for non-credit for community interest and one of the the programs that we really want to emphasize because native culture is so important to us mm-hmm. is that we have uh, three three introductory uh, native language classes that you can take for $150 or less essentially including materials so if you are at all interested in that or you think you know somebody who might be interested in that or you feel like you have kids or grandkids you want to force into something like that mm-hmm. um, the forced discussion you know this is <laughs> this is something to really look into this is something that we prioritize um, very deeply not just in terms of our our ethic, but I think in terms of the spirit of who we are Absolutely. in the community. Um, and then also, a majority of the Maritime Training Center classes, they happen kind of a little bit later in the spring semester. They start happening in February and March. Uh, but we do have some that start January 11th uh, with the regular first day of instruction for the campus. So those include things like uh, welding, uh, your 100 uh, 100-ton master. And over at the Maritime Training Center, we'll have them over uh, next month for our time here with First City Forms. We have a brand new state-of-the-art, there are not very <laughs> many of these in the country, uh, full bridge training simulator. I mean, it's like being on a holiday. Wow. So, and right now the prices for that are cheap, 
because we've just installed it. Oh, awesome. Um, so this is the time, if you're interested in doing something like that, please, ch please check out our courses. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I just want to remind everybody that our services will stay open until um, through the 23rd. So if you need to come onto campus to do like the TWIC card or the HAZMAT or the TSA pre-check, we're still there. Call 228-4511 in advance. Um, and then the campus library is still open through the 23rd as well from 9 a.m. to 4. Thank you so much. And John, is there anything else you'd like to add? I, I, I had a blast hanging out with you guys. It's my first versity uh, forum hosting job. And let me tell you, my best guest yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, very good. We'll yeah. Well, it. well, you know, my mom always said I had a face for radio. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, so I'm yeah, really happy to come in. We, we encourage people to, you know, check out our classes. Um, you know, the Vietnam War class I'm teaching has always been real popular. A lot of people, I, I, my dad served in Vietnam, uh, so it's very personal to me as well. And I know a lot of people, uh, you know, had that personal connection. Mm, uh, yeah. And then, of course, Alaska history, you know, it's pretty much, uh, you know, we're, we're covering our, our own state. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is one of the few places in the world where you can actually learn about Alaska history and get take a class on it. So, Absolutely. And I, I was thinking about this question earlier and it might be a stupid one, but if someone were to take your class, is it, is it something that can be done, like, at night is it like is it something that they can or is there set times during the day that these classes are well some of the classes th th uh, can be taken without a meeting time oh, okay. uh, Alaska history and Vietnam War though uh, they're, they're upper division courses mm -hmm. so we go in a little bit more depth yeah. I really find it necessary to, to have a little, little bit of one-on-one -on -one with the students even if it is over the web you know through, mm -hmm. through a camera uh, so we usually do them in the evenings though okay. um, so you know it, it is a lot of our students have jobs they've got mm -hmm. families um, so we are set up for for folks like that to to, to take courses that's awesome yeah. well thank you guys so much that's once again john and michelle from uas you're listening to first city forum we're going to be back shortly with our guests from the school district stay tuned you're listening to first city forum 97.5 fm Good morning, it's Angel Montgomery, and we are back on First City Forum. I am super excited to be in the studio right now with Diane from the school district. First City Forum is brought to you by Ben Edwards, Providence Properties, and Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. Now, Diane, super happy to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. I am here representing <laughs> this school board and reporting on our recent meetings. So, so let's talk about, I know we, we discussed a little bit before, before we stepped to the microphones, let's talk about a little bit about the budget revision. Oh, okay. So um, in October, we have the student count every year. That's part of our state uh, guidelines and requirements from the Department of Ed. And uh, this year, our student count was down considerably, understandably, with all the issues going on with the pandemic and everything. And um, so we had to revise our budget. We we did get additional special funds, care funds, which we incorporated in the budget, um, but we had to adjust for the actual student count. Here's the good news. The good news is that the state of Alaska recognizes that all districts are struggling right now with the pandemic and uh, issues for students attending in person. I mean, all over the state. Mm -hmm. In the 53 districts, you'll find different yeah different plans in Juneau, I believe. We don't have anyone going to school right now. I believe that will change in January. Exactly. So, so for us, fortunately, because of being so isolated, mm -hmm. uh, the early on restrictions that we did and our Smart Start plan, we just decided to open uh, with full in-person mm -hmm. 
school, mm-hmm. um, and we have contingent, you know, with very strict um, health protocols mm-hmm. and guidelines, which have proved beneficial. Um, and we also had annexes, you know, um, so we could keep small class sizes, mm-hmm. bubbles, if you will, of classes, um, cohorts. And so, for example, today we did uh, have to shut down the Tongas Annex for a day for deep cleaning and so on, and there will be probably some people put on quarantine that were exposed. But the good news is you don't have to shut down the whole district. or you know, so, yeah. so that's our plan. So we've been able to sustain. We've had probably the, str- the most difficult challenges with K-High because there's so many more students and, and they go to different classes. And, um, but it, they're back at full force right now, full in person. So um, Can I ask you, does it seem as if um, our, and once again, just being in Ketchikan for three weeks, is, is it... Are sports starting up again for school, or is that being something that's looked sports, at? Um, going activities to? are, we had debate mm-hmm. uh, meet last Friday, and as well as ACDC uh, debate. The, the meet was Zoom, okay. um, and so it was online, our digital meeting and judging and so on. Um, so, you know, we're able to conduct those activities mm-hmm. with the Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that our drill teams practicing, basketball teams practicing, wrestling, obviously, uh, statewide, and I think in Ketchikan, we're probably not going to have a season, normal season by any means. Um, and it remains to be seen for the spring. A lot of those sports are outside, mm-hmm. outdoors, like mm-hmm. baseball, soccer, um, girls' softball. Yeah. So hopefully we'll be able to continue those activities. I think it's really critical. I'm sure no one would argue that with all the stress our students are undergoing, these activities are all the more important for their mental health and well-being. Oh, absolutely. Not to mention, like I was saying before, um, just being from Juneau and coming here for sports, Ketchikan has always been so good at them, so we just got to keep that going. I I totally understand. You we know, love you guys. We love good. competing yeah. against the Bears well, and Juno. Yes, no rivalry there, but um, big I, rivalry. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm I'll be the the one to say that. Yeah, you guys are amazing. So <laughs> I hope that continues. I'll agree with you. <laughs> I understand. You know, um, <laughs> wanting to take those precautions. Now we also talked a little bit. You know, with graduation, I'm sure just even this last year was kind of difficult. What what are the changes? that you guys are talking about with the grad requirements? It's pretty minimal, actually. We have a one of the requirements in order to graduate K-High, or our district, and the high school level, is um, they have to earn, uh, over the period of time in high school, their four years, or three, however many, 100 hours of community service, which they can earn either working or volunteering. Uh, and additionally, they have to choose to take one of the uh, exams called work keys, the SATs or the ACTs. That's just been a standard requirement for graduation here. So what we voted on as a board under this unusual year, uh, school year and last spring, uh, we waived for this graduation class that requirement. So, um, you know, with the understanding that that doesn't keep students who want to continue to take the ACT oh, yeah. or the SAT or whatever, they certainly, we will be offering that regardless. Uh, additionally, I know a lot of students have already earned quite a few hours uh, towards that 100-hour requirement. So I love that you guys do that. 
You know, I think it's a very yeah. valuable thing, and uh, most students appreciate it. Yeah, and, um, they'll appreciate it later, for sure. And uh, I know I think it's 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 just as important as a lot of the other requirements to graduate, Absolutely. in my mind. So, But, you know, understanding students are under a lot of stress this year, we just wanted to take away one one more stress. And the other thing is a lot of colleges now are not requiring SATs or ACTs because they understand, too. It's just not your normal education time. So, um, Completely understandable. Now, you also mentioned something, uh, the superintendent. Well, um, we had a special executive session uh, last Thursday okay. um, dedicated to um, contractually we're required as a board to evaluate our only employee who is the superintendent so we are the ones responsible for his or her evaluation um, contractually they're supposed to be two every school year um, we're a little behind on doing ours but we that's what we did last week we started it uh, it was pretty intense we met for four hours um, discussing a lot of things and we aren't done yet I guess the me the message I want to get out is that we decided during that session that we really need to get input from the community. And so we will be conducting a community-based eval. And by that, I mean we will reach out to parents, staff, uh, anyone who interacts, stakeholders who work with the superintendent and try and get some feedback. And I want to emphasize, this is so important, this will be anonymous and confidential. We will have a system in place, a way to submit um, the evals personally vows in place that protects the uh, identity of the person that we will gather aggregate information so we won't have individual you know mm -hmm. evals we yeah. will have an aggregate of all the evals we receive and so um, and that will be happening very soon because I know school yay for a lot of people mm -hmm. <laughs> vacation is coming up and uh we will have a major break here and i just want to get the word out we yeah. as the board want to get the word out that the eval is not complete mm -hmm. that we are waiting to gather this data and information from the community will that be mostly online that yes will be able to fill out something okay and do you guys have a website that that will be at well it'll be on our district website okay, gotcha. mm -hmm. and um There'll be, uh, we'll put out press releases okay. that you yeah, will receive as well so that you can help announce it on our behalf and we will put it in the paper and so on so that people understand the process and what we're trying to do. And I want to emphasize this is, this is not to complain necessarily. We have complaint forms or grievance mm -hmm. forms. If people have those <laughs> issues, there's another route to take. Yeah. Really, this is performance-based. We really want to know um, how our superintendent is doing as in that role. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I think that it's super important and awesome that you guys realize that you know the the community is you know should be really playing a part in that, and I think that's awesome. Let's take a short commercial break, and we'll be back once again. You're listening to First City Forum, brought to you by Ben Edwards, Providence Properties, Southeast Alaska Orthopedics, and I have Diane in the the KTKN studio with the school district. We'll be back. Talk lines open now at 247-2000. 
We're back. It's Angel Montgomery here on KTKN, and you're listening to First City Forum. As always, this is brought to you by Ben Edwards, Providence Properties, and Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. I'm in the studio today with Diane from the school board. Diane, we've been talking about quite a few things today, but you know, me not being from here, um, and you know, Juno right now just being a little bit different with how uh, they've handled things, and you know, Ketchikan being a little bit more blessed as far as cases and stuff during COVID. What are, you know, I mean, I graduated it back in 2013, um, once again, in Juneau. And I just, when I think about going to school right now, it seems kind of crazy, um, a lot of stuff happening. What are, what do you think it feels like right now um, for kids going to school? Is there is there a lot of change, do you feel like, in the schools right now, as oh. far as the years past? Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that. We have, uh, of course, a student board member, uh, Henry Clark, who's the SBA president. And it's really interesting to hear his perspective on things. For example, <laughs> he said sometimes the students are the last to know what's going on. And he kind of asked at a board meeting, can you please communicate directly with us and mm -hmm. let us know? You know, decisions are made at an admin level and so on, and they send broadcast to parents and mm -hmm. everything. But he said, you know, and I get that. They're old enough to take it straight. You know, they want to know what am I doing tomorrow? Am I going yeah. to school? Am I am I going to be online or whatever? So I think it's been incredibly rough for them. I think difficult for our staff. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you I, how much I admire our teachers because um, especially when we go to hybrid model, they have to deal with half their classes online mm -hmm. for two days and half their classes reporting in person. And uh, it's just such a stress on everyone and I think you know it's interesting we've learned for years I've been a big advocate of social emotional learning for all of our students beginning when they start school I think it's important to cultivate that as much as academics Absolutely. Um, and boy have we learned that lesson during this pandemic that um, kids are suffering the mental health side of things. Mm -hmm. They're suffering the disconnect from their friends. They're suffering the in-person contact with their teachers. Mm -hmm. um, elementary age kids, you know, they, they're very technologically uh, smart, but after a while, Zoom is not exciting anymore, and learning math on Zoom is not the most exciting mm -hmm. thing for them. So. So for if I were, I watch my grandsons, and um, it's it's oh my goodness, they really just struggle and uh, almost suffer. I guess mm -hmm. would be the term uh, when they aren't able to attend school in person. It's it's the friends they miss, the the recess. You know, they joke oh, about yeah. recess, but it's playtime together with the group. You know, and so um, absolutely. When I think back to April, or maybe it was even it was March when you know we were on at least full lockdown in Juneau, just no one, you know, everyone's staying at home. I remember coming out of it um, and, you know, returning back to work and just like almost scared. I'm like, wow, this is so different, so weird. And it's crazy, you know, how how much things can change in a short period of time. And no one's a huge fan of change, right? So especially when you're a teenager, <laughs> things are changing all the time. Right. It's, it's definitely, it's gotta be hard. So when it comes to actual school, as far as, you know, in-school learning, is that is it a hundred percent right now? Are we all in school, or does that change relatively? No, uh, like I was sharing mm -hmm. earlier, um, we had an outbreak at Tonga School. Got it. Uh, at the annex, actually, mm -hmm. and so um, public health is called in, of course, to mm -hmm. deal with it and do the contact tracing, mm -hmm. um, and and the school shut down to do deep cleaning all over, mm -hmm. you know, shared areas and classrooms and so on, and. Um, 
And then by tomorrow, they should be able, those that aren't quarantined, should mm -hmm. be able to go back in-person learning. So we try and minimize mm -hmm. disruptions, mm -hmm. I guess is the way I would put it. Um, the other, you know, I, I was honoring our teachers earlier yeah. and the sacrifices and, and they've made and how they've worked so hard to make school as normal as possible mm -hmm. for their students. I also want to honor parents, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. because a lot of parents have to deal with when their children are home and supporting them in the learning aspect of it and, and yeah, and helping them set up the technology they need to do their classes. And uh, I can't say enough for everyone how everyone has really worked so hard, done their best to make it as normal as mm -hmm. possible for kids. And we're, we all pray and hope that this will resolve in the spring. Mm -hmm. Like you and I were saying, yeah. I mean, uh, you. You asked me earlier what kind of graduation we had, and I told you how amazed I was and loved what our senior parents did last year and, and what we did. And we probably didn't follow every CDC guideline to the iota, but guess what? It was the best celebration we could have under the circumstances. We were blessed with a good, no, good weather day. Uh, the kids got to do their promenade. and. Uh, it was it was the best we could do, and I hope we don't have to go that route again. But we have a model now of what Absolutely. we can do. So how how do you feel attendance has been? Do you feel like that has dropped down a little bit, or do you feel like most of the kids are all back to school, or do you feel like some kids have stayed home this year? Well, I think overall children were really anxious to get back in mm -hmm. the classroom and mm -hmm. attend school. We have, of course, uh, a much uh, larger population of homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are groups that support each other in that aspect. And uh, so I would say, golly, our homeschooling population easily tripled, if not more. Um, almost 175 students, I think, in our homeschooling program, mm -hmm. which is huge. It's a big, significant number. Um, you know... I think that I think that pretty much answers my question. If we're if we've tripled our homeschooling, so there were a, there were a good amount of kids that you know that did. But let's that. put it this way: yeah. they were happy, or ecstatic, to, because last spring we shut down totally. Yeah, there was no in person mm -hmm. learning for the whole spring semester. Oh, okay, gotcha. After spring break, they came back and schools were totally shut down. Mm -hmm. So to open them up this year was like a, a huge yeah. celebration almost, and kids were anxious to get back in to be with their friends, you know, mm -hmm. and in a normal classroom. And I know teachers were the same. Yeah, they absolutely. They missed it. And, you know, um, I attended a statewide training recently um, put on by the Department of Education and the Association of Alaska School Boards, and it was all about trauma-engaged and trauma-responsive districts. But the last session was about grief. And we really are grieving the loss of normalcy, um, and children too. Absolutely. And they don't have a way to express it necessarily, mm -hmm. but they're feeling it. I, I, I love that you brought that up because I was gonna circle back to something that you said um, earlier, a little similar, was that it is 100% true that a lot of our students, a lot of the um, you know younger demographic right now is really struggling, really struggling with mental health. And we've um, seen that to be very true, at least in Juneau. Um, our, Unfortunately, uh, to be blunt, our you know suicide attempts have gone up significantly um, when it comes to um, the adolescents. And I, I was wondering, not to put you on the spot, 
is there anything that the school board is doing um, to kind of reach out to kids right now um, as far as like people that might be struggling or is there signs that we're looking for is there any counseling going on or anything offered absolutely we have a care line we promote all the time and the staff are tuned in to monitoring their students and mental health mm -hmm. when they have opportunity to see that. We have a, a lot of dedicated uh, therapists and people who are professionals in the field. Uh, we have an organization called the Ravella Island Resilience Initiative and it's all about trauma responsive and trauma and we are traumatized. Yeah. Let's be honest, that's mm -hmm. the best way to describe it. The community is traumatized, uh, business worlds, our economy is traumatized, our leadership. I mean, we're all feeling it. We're all feeling it. So we have ramped up uh, access to that, and I want to put the word out there that there are resources online at the school district, at the borough, to help people that might be feeling really down and out and depressed about this situation. Um, this we had a, a, a loss of a student died recently, um, and the whole community rose up to kind of respond and so to support those students that were friends and, well, students that knew that this one student, they're feeling this real serious grief. Um, we're holding open drop-in sessions for students to gather as a group and just talk. That's awesome. A space where there's no, you know, requirement, no judgment, no whatever. It's an open space. If you want to come with your friends, it just it's up at the plaza on the second level. We have a schedule that we're promoting to the students. And uh, other students are going to be there and professionals are going to be there to help facilitate. And we're just there to listen and allow a space for them to share. That's amazing. I think it's so important. I'm glad you guys are doing that. I know that... Um, that a lot of towns are jumping on board right now to, to kind of get there as well and have all of those um, services for kids right now. Right. I want to circle back to anything else that you really wanted to highlight. I know we talked about, you know, the budget revision, the grad requirements, and then um, the superintendent kind of eval. Um, is there anything else you really wanted to highlight or, you know, push it? I mean, a big thank you to our teachers. I know that you feel strong about that, and I can tell. And yeah, I wish I'd give them all a big, giant yeah. bonus. I, I seriously do. Yeah, I wish yeah. I I wish I had a Absolutely. million dollars, and I would give them all a giant bonus. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, um, in the future, close near future, um, what I'm going to urge our board to do is have a, an evaluation of where we are with our so-called Smart Start plan because, as you know, that's what DED asked every district mm -hmm. to develop and wisely left it up to each community. So, you know, Juno's yeah. is different from Ketchikan's, yeah. so, so on. Um, but we're at a halfway point, end of our first semester um, going on a big break and coming back to start in January. And so I guess what I would like to get the word out is start sending feedback through your, you know, through your teachers, direct to school board members, mm -hmm. tell us what's working, what isn't working, because I think we as a board need to sit down and look at, okay, how did it go this first semester? What can we tweak? What can we change? You know, what can we do better? Absolutely. What have we learned? And I think we're at that point where we need to look at things like that and analyze things and, and maybe change some things going. For example, I can give you a prime example. <laughs> the quarantine period. Oh, yeah. We're currently enforcing 14 days. Well, guess what? State of Alaska reduced theirs to 7 to 10. CDC nationally reduced mm -hmm. theirs 7 to 10. Why can't we mm -hmm. reduce our quarantine period? 
7 to 10. Mm -hmm. I don't want students to miss more class than they have to. Mm -hmm. There's a big difference between 14 and 10. Mm -hmm. You know? Especially when half of those are, you know, school days. <laughs> yeah. Precisely. And kids are missing, indir- you know, direct learning. And I'm sorry, 14 days of online learning is not working. And you probably know this, too, and this is a national issue. It's a state issue. It's a local issue. Those kids that were already challenged in learning are falling further and further behind. The equity issue mm-hmm. is huge. The gap is just getting greater and greater. The haves and the haves nots, the whole equity thing. And it's true here in Ketchikan, it's true everywhere. And so I'm concerned about that. I think, you know, if we can reduce, like, the quarantine, that could be significant. Things to look at like that, especially with people coming back from vacation and all, you know, I mean, a break and Christmas, are we going to make them all quarantine mm-hmm. 14 days? Mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of questions up in the air, I'm sure. Well, thank you so much, Diane, for coming in today. Once again, nice to meet you. My first First City Forum hosting, (laughs) and I have had a room full of awesome guests so far. As always, I want to thank you. Have a wonderful day. If you get the chance to do something nice for somebody, take it. You're listening to First City Forum, brought to you by Ben Edwards, Providence Properties, and Southeast Alaska Orthopedics.